Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Game six of the NBA Finals, Warriors, Celtics, we are now into the Stanley Cup final as well. So if you want to place a bet on any of the sports action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. 365, 24-7, whatever sport. Make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device, use your desktop to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the king of swag and you, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, I am very excited because I get home from work yesterday and what comes in the mail, Believe Network swag. I'm rocking it today. I got my swag in you t-shirt on i was so fired i got all the colors too i got white i got black i got gold i'm all swagged out i'm fired up i'm ready to go but man this is like the best gift i've gotten in some time mark bergen is dripped out with the ike swagging you gear i appreciate it mark yeah and if you need a good gift for father's day i'm just saying i'm just saying it's out there uh that's on believe.com you can get an ike you uh, swag and you t-shirt, Ike Taylor. I was so fired up when I got this in the veil yesterday, Ike, and I didn't want to spoil it talking pre-show. I, I cannot wait to rock this. So this t-shirt, very, very comfortable too, Ike. Appreciate you. Of course, we always got to do the best. You know what the Believe Network, man. This is what we do, man. Everything we do is the best. I mean, like, look at this, Ike. It's on your screen. Like, look at this. This is this is fantastic. And then backwards on your screen right now. Actually, it is forward. Courtney and the crew hooking it up. It's it's awesome. So I got all I'm all swagged out. I know you're getting back from the 412 as well. I know you were at Pittsburgh. We are recording this on Wednesday, June 15th. How was your time in the 412? Man, it was great. Slinging cigars. Me and Howard G. Slinging our cigars at uh Joy Porter had a had a charity event for his daughter, and he bought all us back, all the 2004, 2005 crew. So you know, Bussy. Uh, Hines Ward, Casey Hampton, myself, Jeremy Tooman, Willie Parker, um, Anthony Smith, Nate Washington. I can go on and on and on. Then, you know, Ryan Clark showed up, uh, honorary. Uh, also, uh, Channing, Channing showed up, honorary. Fred T showed up, honorary. That's the whole Pivot pivot crew. You, we all see what Pivot got going on right now. They just lighting the world up with these interviews and stories, but it was just a good time, you know? So that's what we did, man. All we did was reminisce about the good times. And when somebody called and, and needs support with a charity event, the first thing we do was pew, we go and then we go and support them. That's awesome, Mike. I'm glad you're back in Orlando safe and sound. 
Uh, again, we're recording this on Wednesday. We still have an absolutely loaded show. I know it's the offseason. So what we'll discuss today, best offensive and de- uh, defensive units in the AFC North division. We'll also talk about which running backs in the NFL are better than Najee Harris. Quick hint, there aren't many. We'll talk about where Baker Mayfield winds up, but we're going to start on a serious note. Deshaun Watson yesterday talking with media members for the first time since he was introduced as the Browns quarterback, reiterating and maintaining his innocence against allegations. Now that New York Times report came out, there are now the report out saying that he booked appointments with at least 66 uh, different women. And Ike, just this week, we find out that there are now additional women a part of that civil lawsuit against him so that number is now up to 24 women if i've got my math right there and so i'll say this uh, uh what i was thinking about this ike is if you're roger goodell in the front office i think an indefinite suspension is coming down and here's why what's to say that additional women couldn't come forward with all of this so if you want to say hey we're going to suspend watson for four games or six games or eight games and there are additional allegations and there are more things that come out the league already looks terrible here so we'll see what happens because these civil suits won't actually be heard in court until 2023 which is after the 2022 season Ike. so that's kind of my thought process with all of this but what did you make of watson's comments earlier this week well, I definitely think a suspension is coming for sure. But the NFL, they go on their own time as well, too. And they got their own team of investigators as well. So from the outside looking in, it looks real bad from the NFL side. Um, they're all talking. They're gathering information. And they're doing exactly what you just said, Mark. They're trying to make sure once we make our decision, will any more come out? And that's exactly what they're going to talk about with the prosecution team and, and the silver suits and everything else. So I just think uh, – He's going to get suspended, I think, for eight games. They probably get him down. He probably appeal to get it down to six. Um, it's going to go on in 2023, so they really have time, so say. I think the uh, the Cleveland Browns will see Deshaun Watson on the field this year. But, yeah, they're going to take their time. Um, everything will be done by training camp. It, 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 in my mind, as far as like a decision on what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson, whether it's eight or six, but I think they're going to go for the eight. The NFL is going to go for the eight. He's going to appeal for the six. He's going to get a six-piece. And after that, man, the 23, 2023 season, that would determine what the NFL really wants to do with Deshaun Watson, depending on what goes on in the case. A few other things I want to make that are of note. The Texans provided a venue for at least some of Watson's appointments, uh, a hotel and athletic club that Watson could use, and they provided some of the NDA. So the question is, how much did the Texans know? The Texans are now part of that suit. And that's no surprise to me, Ike, considering look at the Forbes valuation of the Houston Texans as a franchise worth $3.7 billion. That's billion with a B. Now, this is also to say when the grand jury in Texas decided not to criminally indict Deshaun Watson, the Texans were, or excuse me, the uh, Browns were not the only team lined up to want Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson went to the Browns because of the $230 million guaranteed. He didn't pick the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, or the New Orleans Saints. There were other suitors for Deshaun Watson. And so, again, you go back to that five-year five contract. 
$230 million is guaranteed. And with that suspension looming, again, if more allegations emerge, I think there's a possibility he could miss a majority or maybe even all of the 2022 season, depending on what the NFL ends up deciding to do, Ike. And it's just something that we don't know because anything that I say right now, the scenario and the situation could change if there's more reporting done as there is with the New York Times. And I want to make one other point too. As a journalist, for me, the moment that the New York Times or say the Washington Post gets involved, you're talking about the New York Times, 9 million people read that publication every single day. That to me rises above a level of local media covering it or say a sports outlet like an ESPN covering it. When the New York Times gets involved, that's like a next level caliber level of importance just given that this just casts a terrible light on Watson, on the Browns, and just given the seriousness of the allegations. I think you hit it on the head with the adjective light. You know, it's a dark light right now, especially when the New York Times come out and they get the posting. But for, I think Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns knew it could possibly happen like this. I think they're prepared for it. And like, like again, I say, Mark, the NFL, they go on their own time. You know, they, when it comes down to them and their decisions, they don't worry about the outside noise. So I think he will get suspended again for at least eight games. And I think next year will determine whether they're going to keep him in the NFL or not with the 2023 season. I want to say one other thing, too. Like, I remember when Watson got introduced in March and the Browns owners, Jimmy and D. Haslam, had their own separate news conference because they were in Europe. To say that it's a bad look, and I'm going to be polite about this, would be an understatement because they claim that they did their due diligence, yet they don't talk to any of the women involved with this. So it's just like, how can you say that when that just doesn't add up? And again, 66 different women it, it just doesn't look good. And it's, it's, you know, we'll see how this ends up playing out, Ike, because again, there are things that could emerge additionally that we just don't know right now. And I think, again, that's why the league's going to take its time because if they say, okay, a certain amount of games and more allegations come out, it, it's the punishment would have to fit the crime. But again, right now, we don't know that given the legal situation. And again, that this won't actually play out in court until 2023. So I don't want to draw to any conclusions and we'll see what ends up happening. But from the league standpoint, if you were asked to, if you were asked me, if you Roger Goodell asked my advice, I would say an indefinite suspension and we'll go from there as more time goes on. But what say you, if the, if the league came to you, I can said, how would you handle the situation? What would you do? Well, you got to understand, you know, Roger Goodell and the NFL, they're in New York. So they knew this was coming. You just don't, the New York Times just don't gather this information and all of a sudden in two days, they just bring it out. They knew exactly, they knew this was coming down the pipeline. So it's, it's, who, it's who you know. And when you want to talk to the NFL, I'm sure Roger Goodell already knew. And I'm just speculating. I, I'm sure Roger Goodell already knew. I'm sure the, Deshaun Washington and the Cleveland Browns already knew. The New York Times had their own investigation going. This was going to be made publicly. <laughs> and and that's what it was. So yeah, they it's it's a bad light and it doesn't look good. But yeah, they they knew my personal opinion. They knew what was coming down the pipeline, and they know what's coming down the pipeline in the future. In the future, we'll see if this ends up going to court. Now, how this pertains to the football field is the Browns still have two quarterbacks on their roster that have starting experience. And we'll start with Baker Mayfield because he's still on the roster now. 
He's been excused from OTAs, understandably so, but he's due $18.8 million this upcoming season. Ike, where do you think he winds up in the 2022 season? Because if he, I don't think there's any chance he remains on the Cleveland Browns roster. I have two theories, but I want to hear from you first. Well, they're saying the Carolina Panthers are really, you know, making a huge yep. surge for, for Baker Mayfield, and we shall see. So um, I know the owner over there, Mr. Tepid, he, uh, if, if he likes something and he's willing to pay for it, he's definitely going to do it. He he is the richest owner in the in the NFL. So we, we, we shall see. But I think my personal opinion, the, the fit right now, or maybe the only fit would be the Carolina Panthers for Baker Mayfield. Yes, Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, the quarterbacks there. I think that's the most likely destination. I also think maybe the Seahawks, Drew Locke, Geno Smith there. But if either of those teams really wanted Mayfield, I think he would already be on their rosters. I really think the big thing is is how much of the, how much of the money are the Browns willing to eat in a deal? I also mentioned the Lions with Mayfield earlier this offseason given the connection with John Dorsey, the Browns' former GM now in the front office in Detroit. But I think the Panthers are most likely. I have kind of a crazy theory, though, Ike, because we hear all the rumors about Jimmy G in San Francisco and Trey Lance waiting in the wings there. What if the Browns and the 49ers made a deal? And here's why this would make sense. Baker Mayfield needs a new change of scenery. He could learn under Kyle Shanahan, learn under Trey Lance, and become what Mitch Trubisky was this offseason, next offseason. And then Jimmy G gives the Browns a more formidable starter as we see what ends up happening with Deshaun Watson and a guy who is a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. What do you think of my proposal there? You, you're ahead of the game. I think you kind of hit it on the head. I'm not going to discredit that scenario. Honestly, I never thought about that. That would be a great fit from Baker Mayfield, and I'm just looking at Coach Shanahan and his personality. He likes guys who are very confident. He likes physical guys. He likes uh, kind of rubble type of guys, and we all know that Baker Mayfield is a rubble. If you just look at the way they set up they, the way they set up their roster, they want bar fight kind of guys on their roster. They want free, they want freelancing, feel free personality kind of guys on their roster. You know, so Baker Mayfield, from a quarterback standpoint, that's exactly who he is. He's an old-school Jim McMahon kind of guy. And that's exactly what Shanahan is looking for. So, and then again, you know, they it's, it's just on the San Francisco 49ers whether they want to feel like or or admit they made a mistake in trade. That's, that's all it is. If they can get over the hump, if they can L.A. Rams this thing, and L.A. was like, you know what, we made a mistake on Jared Goff. Yeah, we did go to the Super Bowl, but – we like this kid over here, Matthew Stafford, in Detroit. We think that he could really bring us to the Super Bowl and win one. If the San Francisco 49ers can have that kind of personality with Baker Mayfield, because you can argue Baker Mayfield is better than Jimmy Garoppolo in that, in that situation, in that scenario with that roster. So, yeah, time, time will tell. But I think, Mark, other than the Carolina Panthers, that's a heck of a scenario going to the San Francisco 49ers. And let me lay this out as well. Mayfield's due 18.8. Jimmy G's cap hit is 26 and some change, almost $27 million. So another player would probably need to be involved if a deal like that were to go down to line up the salaries. But I think that it would be a possibility. Now, the Browns probably don't want to allocate all of that money 
towards the quarterback position, given what they're paying Watson, what you signed Jacoby Brissett for, and then Jimmy G do almost $27 million. But again, just given the uncertainty with Watson, it would be a short-term fix because you just have so much uncertainty of you're not sure if, if or when he's going to be allowed to play Watson in 2022. So that's kind of why I thought about this. And this would be a potential trade where both teams stand to benefit. I know always sometimes it's, oh, well, who won the trade? I honestly think both teams would benefit from both quarterbacks getting a change of scenery. Yeah, it's going to be tough to trade right now. They're just looking at that. They're looking at that $18 million, you know, so – Cleveland is holding on, hoping somebody will trade. NFL teams like, bro, just release them. <laughs> we don't want, we don't want to pay this eighteen. Yeah. That's that's all it is. It's, it's it's a tug of war between the Cleveland Browns wishing somebody would take up or trade for for Baker Mayfield in the NFL. Like, bro, this is this is something we're not going to do, Cleveland. Yeah, and I almost throw out last season, Ike, because we talked about this. He was playing hurt. And the organization didn't protect him, whether it was Jimmy Haslam, whether it was the GM, Andrew Barry, head coach, Kevin Stefanski, because like you couldn't tell me just looking at him on the field that Case Keenum wouldn't have been a better option because Mayfield had a significant injury to his left shoulder. But look, I, I understand why teams don't want to pay him that money because he was going to seek an extension out like what Lamar Jackson is trying to get, what Josh Allen got this massive contract extension. And I don't, I don't blame a quarterback for wanting to make his due, but Mayfield would have been better served sitting out last season with that shoulder injury instead of trying to play through. And now the Browns find themselves in the scenario that they do. And it is, Hey, it's a benefit to our Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say that. Uh, I, I want to say this too, in mentioning the other quarterbacks in that class, because Lamar Jackson's in a contract season too. I final year of his rookie deal. The moment that these teams sign their quarterback to a massive contract, they then limit their ability to allocate that money towards making other significant upgrades on their roster. And so for that reason, the moment that the Baltimore Ravens signed Lamar Jackson to a massive contract extension, we should be doing cartwheels in Pittsburgh. And this might sound counterintuitive because, look, I'm not saying the Ravens should let the former league MVP walk, but... He hasn't had the playoff success in four playoff games now. One and three record. Look at the touchdown to interception ratio. So he's shown, at least in the sample size that we've seen, that he hasn't been able to get it done in the playoffs. And if you're paying him 40 plus million dollars per season on average, you don't have that money to make other upgrades along your roster. The moment that that happens, Ike, and I'll probably take some crap for this from Ravens fans, we should be doing cartwheels in Pittsburgh. It's my, it's my two cents worth. That's my take. Well, I think if agents, teams, especially with this quarterback situation, they should start doing deals how Dallas did Dak Prescott deal. If you think about it, so from an agent standpoint, you're one, you want to be able to recruit and be like, I've had the biggest quarterback deal, or my guy is averaging 40 a year. But I like the way Dallas did Dak Prescott deal is, we gonna give you 75 million 
this year in 12 months. And then for the rest of your contract, your salary ain't going to be as big, but but why everybody is looking at their average of 40 a year, you damn near got 80 in one year. If they would do it like that. So it will have to, it will have to be the player who can agree with that. It will have to be the team when it comes down, just, just, just for the quarterbacks, when it comes down to the quarterback and it will have to be whomever agent to look at exactly how Dallas did Dak Prescott's contract. Now they have room to work with because now Dak Prescott's salary isn't a big, isn't a big salary. So they're able to move and ask guys for pay cuts or, or transfer money and get contracts more upfront for guys now. That's that's how I look at it. That's why I think when it comes down to the quarterback situation, that's the best way to go. So while you're waiting two years to get your 80, that got it in one year. It's just his salary is not is won't be as big as everybody else's. But you get that's exactly what you want. Give me as much money as you can give me up front. And that's exactly what Dallas did. And I think only only for the quarterback situation, and it helps the team out in later years, only for the quarterback situation, they should go that route, exactly how Dallas did that contract. Ike, this is why you're my dog. And I love how you knew this just off the top of the dome. So in that first year of his contract, it was front-loaded, made $75 million. But in year two, this upcoming season, that number is $20 million. So you're spot on there. And again, take a book out of Ike and what, uh, take a book out of Dak, Dak, Dak Prescott and what Ike, what you just told us. Yeah, that's it, it for the quarterbacks. That's exactly what I would do. So he damn near making 115, $120 million in two years. His salary won't say that, but heck, his bank account saying, oh, we. <laughs> All right, Ike, we will move on. A few other segments we need to get to. I was putting together a power rankings of top running backs in the league, and the question I have for you is this. How many NFL running backs will be better than Najee Harris in the 2022 season? I won't say how many running backs will be better. I think right now, Jonathan Taylor is the number one running back. I think Nick Chubbs is better right now. So give me Jonathan Taylor, then give me Nick Chubbs. I think overall coming out the backfield and a running back, Alvin Kamara, and then I'm going to take Najee. Then I'm going to take Najee because Najee as well, uh, we will see more of him coming out the coming out the backfield and catching passes as well, whether it's Kenny Pickett or whether it's Mitchell Trubisky for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, yeah, he, he's a top five running back. Now, statistically, he's a top four running back, Najee. But I, I don't think too many guys are better than Najee coming out, coming out that backfield, whether you're getting the ball, whether you're getting the ball handed to you or whether you're receiving the ball as a running back. So – I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubbs. I think overall, Alvin Kamara is better to overall and then go Najee. Okay, Ike, 
I, I, sorry, I'm just getting feedback. If you can mute your TV, that would be helpful. Because <laughs> I'm hearing the commercial and you're trying to make your point. I'm with you there. I've got Taylor, Chubb, Derrick Henry. I've got uh, a few other players I want to mention too. CMC is going to be healthy again, but he's only played in 10 games overall in the past two seasons. Uh, Joe Mixon, I think, is right there, but I think has better weapons and a better line. And then Alvin Kamara, too. I'm with you there. I think he's right there. But definitively better, I would put Taylor, Henry, probably Chubb, and then I think Harris is right there in that mix. So maybe top three, top five, uh, top ten for sure, but probably in that top five mix with those players. And, like, I really like Christian McCaffrey, but he hasn't stayed healthy the last two seasons due to injury. Uh, I like Joe Mixon, but I think he benefits from having uh, a great, uh, great weapons around him. So I think he's right there. I can't wait to see what Najee can do with just better and improved line play. And I think that's something that he still made a Pro Bowl as a rookie that he didn't really have. But definitively, the only two guys that I could say yes for certain would be Taylor and Derrick Henry. I'd probably put Chubb there, but I've got Harris like right there at number three or number four as best running backs in the league. Yeah, he's in my top five for sure. Najee Harris is in my top five for sure. Um, the only reason why I'm putting these guys in front of Najee is because, one, they've been in the league longer. Two, um, and the reason why I'm putting Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor offensive line is okay. The offense was okay. The man rushed for 1,800 yards last year. Uh, had a little bit over 15 touchdowns. I think he had 18 touchdowns, so say. And the reason why I'm saying Alvin Kamara, I think pound for pound overall, just whether it's receiving or coming out the backfield, Alvin Kamara, he can just get the job done. And he does it effortlessly. Um, I didn't mention Derrick Henry, and I didn't mention I didn't mention Derrick Henry because we all know what he can do. But I think he's just the typical old school running back. You know, you hand the ball off to him, you don't get him out, you don't get him out the backfield. You know, he need to see the line. He need to get his couple of steps. And that's the old school traditional running back. Joe Mixon, you said it best. Joe Mixon uh benefited off the supporting cast with Joe Burrow and company and Jamar Chase and company and T. Higgins and company and 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 Boyd and company, Tyler Boyd and company. So I look at it that way. Even even with the okay line, it's just, you know, you really you can't stack the box with Joe Mixon because, man, them boys, Jamar Chase and company, man, they demand double, sometimes triple team, depending on the situation. When you look at Najee Harris, other than Devontae Adams, I'm going to stack the box. And for you to rush over 1,200 yards and to have – Deontay Zico- Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Deontay yes, Johnson. yes. Yes, Deontay Johnson. I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. For you to have over 1,200 yards – and you knew you that's what the Pittsburgh offense pretty pretty much was, was a running offense. And uh, and the line was okay at some point in time. And you didn't have you didn't have a mobile quarterback at that time. That says a lot about Najee. And now Najee did have in the top five, I think he had three hundred and seven uh carries. Uh, Nick Chubbs had two ninety-two. I think Joe Mixon had two ninety something as well. So he did carry a lot of the load. And they said this year for Najee, uh, he won't carry the football as much. I think they want to keep it between that two, that 280, 290 range. The, just my personal 
opinion. We'll talk about it at the end of the season. Mark, but for, for the young rookie to come in and do exactly what he did and have 1,200 yards his rookie year with the OK offense in the Pittsburgh Steelers says a lot about Najee and his running skills. And the fact that he didn't fumble, the fact that he's a very good blocker and pass protection as well. Correct. Something that, like, from a rookie, I'd expect that from someone who's been in the league and developed that skill set. But he comes in, and that's why he's a first-round first, first round pick. You mentioned Alvin Kamara, Ike, and it brings back happy memories for me when I started my broadcast career in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I would see Kamara for the Tennessee Volunteers, and he had this game. Because remember, he was a transfer running back from Alabama. He had this game against Texas A&M where he had like 300 scrimmage yards. And I'm like, oh, this he could be a special player, not just collegiately, but he might have a pro career. I tweeted. I tweeted. It's crazy. I tweeted. I saw. I watched Alvin Kamara at Tennessee. I tweeted Alvin Kamara from that game, and his sister retweeted me back. I was like, who the heck is this guy? And and I said he would be a perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints. And guess exactly where he went. <laughs> he went to the New Orleans Saints. So yeah, Alvin Kamara, man, he just he just different. He just that's why I call him the total package. You know, if Christian McCaffrey, if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy, he would be doing the same thing, but that's the issue. But Alvin Kamara, he does that and he makes it look easy. Yeah, he was a college teammate with Josh Jobs, too. So for our Steelers viewers and listeners, too. And then he was splitting time in the backfield with Jalen Hurd, who I know is an NFL receiver, but they both played running back in college. And I just remember, yeah, Jalen Hurd, not Hurts, Hurd. Hurts, I'm sorry. He he was no, no, a no, well, well, Hurts is, the, Hurts is the quarterback, but Hurd was uh, size and speed. Yes, sir. I'm talking about Hurd, yeah, Jalen her, her sitting in that backfield, he wound up playing receiver. So they, they, when, when you can move from running back to receiver at the professional level, that's, showing, that's saying a lot about your athleticism. 100%. I just happy memories there of oh, many moons ago. Yeah. I haven't thought about Who's that going in a back long time. To- right now. Going back into the archives, Ike. Uh, two segments left here on the show. AFC North's best offensive unit. I my rankings are as such. Bengals number one went to the Super Bowl, twenty-seven points per game in the regular season, seventh best in the league. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and company—they're my number one. I've got the Ravens at number two, given the rushing attack: Lamar, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Bus, Mark Andrews at the tight end position. I've got the Browns at three, given the two beasts in the backfield and the offensive line, and I've got our Steelers at number four. One thing I want to see change this upcoming season, the Pittsburgh Steelers have not scored more than 40 points in a game since November the 8th, 2018. Steelers put up 52 points on the Panthers. Let's crack a 40-piece this upcoming season, not once, twice, multiple times this season. That's how I rank the offensive units. What do you think of my rankings? Uh, I think we got one right. You know, (laughs) there's nobody (laughs) There's no, there is nobody better than Joe Cool. So Joe Cool and company sitting at that number one in Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, we, we saw it last year. And for him to lead the league in sacks and for him to make it to the Super Bowl and have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And that kid pretty much put the whole organization on his back. I'm talking about Joe Burrow. And he's going to have more opportunities this year. His offensive line will be a thousand times better this year. 
his receivers will have more experience this year. And Joe Burrow will be will have more swag this year. So, yes, I have the Cincinnati Bengals as my number one offense for the AFC North. Now, for number two, we got to swap it out. If Deshaun Watson plays this year, I have the Cleveland Browns at number two. And the reason why I have the Cleveland Browns at number two because we saw what Deshaun Watson did for the Houston Texans with a okay offense, a okay offensive coordinator, even though he had the DeAndre Hopkins as his receiver, he was able to use his legs and Deshaun Watson made others better around him. Now you you dropped Deshaun Watson with the Kareem Hunt, a Nick Chubbs, and Joku, Amari Cooper, um, Michael's Peoples, Mike was Peoples Jones, Peoples Jones. So you give him a offense with a offensive line, huh? huh. Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals and Deshaun Watson with the Cleveland Browns, it's gonna be one A, one B when Deshaun Watson plays. Then I would go with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens only because there is no air attack when it comes down to Baltimore. Everything is a wing T kind of offense. If anybody know what a wing T is, that's an old school offense where you just run the ball dang near 90% of the time. That's just what it is. Then I will go with number four with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the only reason why I'm going with number four with the Pittsburgh Steelers is I don't know who the quarterback is going to be, you know? So, that's 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 just what it is. So it's for me the reason why I put the Pittsburgh Steelers at number four is because it's at a default because I don't know the quarterback situation. Um, I think Mitch Trubisky will be the starter. I don't think they will rush Kenny Pickett as much as they want to. I think this will be a a blessing in disguise for Mitchell and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Mitchell has all the tools in the world to get this ball rolling now that he's with a organization who has a good coaching staff, who did upgrade the offensive line, who has a running back, who has at least one or two tight ends, who has at least one or two receivers. So, and a defense on the other side. But time will tell. But I'm going Cincinnati Bengals. If Deshaun Watson plays the Cleveland Browns, then the Baltimore Ravens at number three, and last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers at number four. I like your rankings, Ike, and I'm going to rebut here. I don't think Watson's going to play at least for a portion of the season minimum. Then again, we've talked about this. Some are we sure that there's not going to be any rust? And I know that you can bring him along given the talent that you have in the backfield. You don't have to ask him to do too much. You're shaking your head right now. And I'm going to give the total meatball take Ike. And I don't even believe this, but I'm just going to put it out there for the sake of argument. Mitch Trubisky has a record as a starter, 29 and 21. Deshaun Watson, 28 and 25. And so you're putting Watson and the Browns at number two. That's why I've got the Ravens ahead of him. So I'm giving you that meatball take to say that Trubisky has a better record as a starter. I'm putting this out there, Ike. And that's the reason why I've got the Browns and Watson, whether he plays, which we don't know, at number three and not number two. Well, I, know you, I know you're disappointed in me, oh, but I, I'm bringing no, it up. No, no, no. So, 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 Mark, don't forget that Mr. Drabisky, his first year had a defense. Let's let's not forget that part. When have we ever said Deshaun Watson got 
a defense. I don't know if we we saw we saw Deshaun Watson go to KC and put some and put some yards and put some touchdowns up. Now, to his defense, Deshaun Watson defense, if you're the offensive coordinator, I'm running the ball in the second half because Kansas City only got three timeouts. So while we're up, man, I'm gonna go ahead and let this clock burn because my defense is playing good enough at the time to at least hold the Kansas City Chiefs. But Mr. Trubisky, when he was with the Chicago Bears, what his first two years, that man had a running game and that man had a defense. I will, I will say that. We never said Deshaun Watson had a running game and a defense. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, Deshaun Watson. And I'm saying as well, I'm gonna let you put your GM at, GM hat on. Who are you picking? You're picking Deshaun Watson first, or you're p- picking Mitchell Trubisky first. <laughs> and, and and that's how I'm looking at it from a general manager standpoint. I'm picking Joe Burrow first over all of them. Then I'm going Deshaun Watson. Then I'm going Lamar Jackson. Then it's a toss up between Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky. I'm with you there. I got so I had to bring it up. I see this on Twitter and when Steelers fans want to frustrate the other teams in the division, I see stuff like that on Twitter and I laugh. So that's why I say it's the meatball take because I'm arguing it and I don't even believe it to be true. <laughs> All right. All right, let's go to defense. Uh, this is where I had Pittsburgh at the top, leading the NFL on sacks the last several seasons. Last in the league in rushing yards allowed. That's quite the dichotomy, but I've got them at the top. I put the Bengals at number two because they just went to the Super Bowl. And I don't think Cincinnati's defensive unit gets enough credit. I've got the Ravens at number three. They were the best in the league at stopping the run last season. And then I've got the Browns at number four. And it's a scary number four. And I don't want to discredit them. I had a tough time putting these rankings together. But you're putting Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney at number four. A scary tandem. Some good defenses here in the division. That's how I had it. ranked but what say you like taylor oh the, the the crown on the afc north for the for this defense is the baltimore ravens and the reason why i'm picking the baltimore ravens at number one is because they had so many starters with major injuries last year especially on the um you know what evenly on the offense and defensive side they had a lot of starters with injuries there is no better there there won't be a better secondary in the AFC North like the Baltimore Ravens. If you look at the draft pick they just got from Notre Dame, uh the safety. Marcus Peters is coming back. Humphreys is on the other side. And because them two got hurt, you wind up having a lot of experience out of the other two young corners who played last year. Now we talk about being able to stop the run. And when you're able to stop the run, you're able to dictate to the offense what you want to do. Because if offense have a running game, which they did well against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, they were able to dictate exactly what they wanted to do, whether it's play action passes or whether it's being ahead on plays for the next play, because they already anticipate what you're wanting to do. Baltimore Ravens, number one. They're going to be a smash mouth 
football team for the AFC North. They will have the best defense this year. At number two, I have the Cleveland Browns. And the reason why I have the Cleveland Browns is they will be healthy this year. Mark, Jadavian Clowney comes back. Miles Garrett comes back. Uh, Grant Delpit, the corner, he will be back healthy. And they have a, a, a low-key, a smooth secondary as well. I think the only weakness to their defense is probably their linebackers, the inside linebackers when it comes to the Cleveland Browns. But I think they'll be number two. At number three, I will agree with you, but I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason why I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals is they don't have to be on the field as much because of their offense. They can have shootouts because of their offense. But their offense can either run the ball with Joe Mixon or depending on how Joe Burrow and company feels, they can air it out. So what that does to your defense, it gives your defense time. It gives the offense who's playing against the Cincinnati Bengals, they're, they're, they're more trigger happy. And the reason why they're more trigger happy because they try to keep up. So in that case, you will make a lot more mistakes. That's why I got the Cincinnati Bengals at number three. And number four, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers at number four offense. And I got the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are you doing, Ike? On, on defense. But my reason is because you have to be able to stop the run. Yep. We can sacks, sacks, sacks sound good for, for pro bowl to all pro guys, but not being able to stop the run and not having an offense hurts. So I think depending on how it goes, and it's just, we, we're talking pre, our mind could change when it comes down to the season, Mark, especially watching some of the preseason games. But yeah, I got Pittsburgh Steelers at number four. So my Pittsburgh fans, just bear with me until I know who the starter is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. My chart will change. All right. All right. I like that caveat in there, Ike. And I will say this, whichever team has the worst defense in the division, still a pretty good defense relative to the rest of the league. Because for example, I had the Browns ranked as my fourth best defense in the division. So dead last in the division. They were fifth best in the NFL on average points per game given up a year ago. So, and that's fourth in the division. You're talking about some excellent stout defensive football. You mentioned the Ravens too. Marcus Williams signing over from the Saints too, only going to continue to solidify that secondary. And then Kyle Fuller as well, who's been a Pro Bowl cornerback too, gets oh. into that defensive backfield. So, man, yep. the Ravens this season, I. The Ravens are my pick to win the division. I'm a broken record saying that, but there's a reason being for that. We had very different rankings for defense, but I think it's just like very good relative to other defensive units throughout the rest of the league. You you gotta you you and I've learned this from Kevin Cobra. I was with oh Kevin Cobra was at Joey Porter's golf event as well. And I've learned this from Kevin Colbert. You you get and you drive to be number one in your division because it's an automatic spot in the playoffs. You know, you get your invite automatically when you win your division. The reason why the Baltimore Ravens are loading up on corners is because Chase and company sitting in Cincinnati. So we got to play them twice. If Lamar Jackson and that defense beat the Cincinnati Bengals twice, it's because of what they did in the offseason and the draft. We have a corner for every receiver y'all have. 
and that's and that's just how you do it. At the time, um, we was drafting corners like crazy when I was playing. We were drafting at least two corners. Was because TJ, Chad, and RIP Chris Henry sitting in Cincinnati with uh, uh, Carson Palmer sitting at the quarterback position. So that's exactly what you have to do to to get to the playoffs. I'm not going to say the easiest way because it's harder to do because you play the teams twice because they're in your division. But to have an automatic bid in the playoffs, you want to come out in your division or your conference as number one. So you draft and you load up um, to play these teams twice in the playoffs, not in the playoffs, in the division. Well, maybe in the playoffs, I, you know, it, you get the rubber we, match that way too. So sometimes. One year, one year we did play the Baltimore Ravens three times. We played them during the regular season. We had to see them again in the playoffs. That's the year we won the Super Bowl. Won all three times as well, might I add. Ike, as we start to wrap up here, a few uh, mentions we, we need to take care of. Congrats to your son, Ivan Taylor, racking up some more scholarship offers. So we know we had an offer from Michigan. Getting an offer from Pittsburgh. So the possibilities out there, I know there's a lot of time he's going to have other offers to consider. But the fact that your son has the opportunity, potentially, if he wants to, to play at Heinz Field, congrats to you and Ivan. That is awesome news for your family. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate you, Mark. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm cool with it, but his mother would love that. She can't wait for his butt to get out of high school and her go back to Pittsburgh. Um, also, I'm going to go out and just throw this out here. USC as well. So um, we're, we've been talking to, to them as well, and she would love – she is Ivan's mom, uh, Danielle Taylor. She would love to go back because she got Cali. I mean, she got family in Cali as well too. So um, Ivan has pretty much just opened a lot of doors for all of us, depending on where he goes. So it's just good. I, I like to see Ivan's mom happy um, – I talk about him a lot because I'm a proud dad, but she really holds the fort down. So kudos to DT. So, but yeah, he's sitting over there waiting on me to finish up with this podcast so we can get this workout in. All right, we'll wrap up here soon. So West Orange, West Orange's finest can get to it. Like two other things, Richard Sherman's going to be announcing on Thursday Night Football. We'll see if he continues his career, whether he goes into being an announcer, something I think he'll be very good at. And one other thing, too, and I want to make sure I'm on the record saying this, Apple TV signed a 10-year contract with Major League Soccer will be the exclusive home for all MLS games starting next season. The reason why this matters for football, when the streaming services, I'm talking the Apples of the world, Amazons of the world, Netflix, Facebook, Google, when they start to get involved in these negotiations, they have so much more bidding money if they want to, to get live sports rights this is the first of many times this is going to come up in the coming weeks, months, and years. I want to make mention of it because this is a huge deal. It could be an absolute game changer for live sports as we know it. Again, Apple TV, the exclusive home for MLS games starting next season. We're starting to see it, and we'll see it this upcoming season. Amazon on Thursday Night Football. If the game's not in market, it's the only place you're going to be able to watch Thursday Night Football in the 2022 season. Well, don't forget, Mark, Amazon went for Sean McVay first. He was going to yep. get paid $100 million. That, that was the speculation. They was going to pay that young man $100 million. So they want, I think they wound up getting Al Michaels. I think they wind up uh, swooping in 
Al Michaels with, with Amazon. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. But yeah, these streaming services, they got money to they got money to spend and they spend it on whoever they want to spend it on as well. Yep. Al Michaels at Kirk Curb Street will be the Thursday night football announcers this upcoming season. Ike Taylor, you're the absolute best. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, Lucy Odin, and producer Yinsi as well. Today's sponsor of the Believe and Steelers show, betonline.ag. I want to thank the listeners and the viewers for tuning in and making us a part of their day. I second everything Mark said. If it ain't Believe, y'all ain't achieving. So make sure y'all watch us, the Believe Network. And we're going to keep this thing interesting and insightful. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We will be back next week. Until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.